Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on this chilly Thursday morning to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you, as always, for making the podcast a part of your day. Brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Stop by and see Greg and tell him we sent you. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, but they are open seven days a week. So if you're going to start your day behind the grill, get it started at LB's. Again, just across from Kroger, University Avenue, right there in Oxford. And some important stuff we got to get to today. Um, Number one, Kermit Davis is confirmed to be COVID positive. They said he's showing mild symptoms, which that's a good sign. We hope that he has a speedy recovery, but he will not be coaching in the season opener next week. We also had the NBA draft last night, and the reason why you're here, the title of the podcast, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl, may not happen. Actually, let's get to that right now. Forget it. We'll get to the basketball stuff later. Let's dive into that right now. So yesterday, we got news uh, out of Starkville that Nathan Pickering, the very talented defensive lineman, has opted out of the season. He put a statement on Twitter, and it sounded like via the statement that he uh, is planning to return to Mississippi State. At least that's how it, uh, it sounded. He said, it's not about transferring. It's something I have to do. I'll be opting out of the 2020 season. Hashtag Hail State forever. So maybe he returns. It doesn't sound like uh, he plans on going anywhere, and the people at Mississippi State anticipate his return to the team next year. So why does that matter to you, Ole Miss fans listening to an Ole Miss-specific podcast? Because with Nathan Pickering's opt-out, Mississippi State's numbers are dire. I mean, that's really what it's come down to here. Mississippi State's numbers are are dire at this point. They're supposed to go to Georgia this weekend, and reports are that they are taking either 55 or 54 scholarship players to Athens this weekend. And considering all the opt-outs and transfers and stuff like that, and factor in season-ending injuries. Uh, my colleague Brian Haydad says that they're down to around 64 scholarship players that exist on the team, but they're taking about 54 to 55 to Athens this weekend. So basically what that comes down to is that there's zero wiggle room. There, none at all. Zero wiggle room for Mississippi State in terms of playing this game against Ole Miss. In fact, it's um, at least selfishly, it's uh, it's frustrating to be honest that they're playing this game this weekend with the possibility of the Egg Bowl not happening. Uh, a little inside baseball for you. So the radio show we do every day, of course, focuses exclusively, not exclusively, but the the topics every day are Ole Miss or Mississippi State first. The Egg Bowl is our most important week of the year. It's when the most people are listening. It's the most important. Even though it's Thanksgiving week, that week is why the show exists, basically. The Egg Bowl is what we do. And if that game doesn't get played, 
Um, we'll be okay, of course, because I think we do a pretty good job. I mean, I have to work with Richard Cross every day, and if you guys know him, I mean, you know, it, it's as good as it can be. <laughs> um, but it, it's what we do, and not having that game uh, just just sucks for us, to be honest with you. And um, not even from a because Ole Miss is going to win perspective, because believe it or not, um, I do fancy myself as somebody that can talk thoroughly and be fair to both. Uh, don't read Mississippi State message boards because, of course, they disagree. Because at one point in my career, I have said something positive about Ole Miss. Therefore, I'm a blind homer that could never, ever, ever, ever be objective about Mississippi State. But, you know, that's the, the nature of the beast, I guess. But um, can you hear him? He's babbling back there. Hey, buddy. Anyway, um, it's amazing how voices carry uh, through layers of doors and walls. But anyway. Um, that game is extremely important to us and what we do. And uh, I'm disappointed we don't have it from a business side, but you know how how some people read things. Uh, I do expect Ole Miss to win that game heavily if it gets played, but that's... I'm rambling here. The point is, if that game somehow gets canceled and Mississippi State played Georgia, I'll be incredibly frustrated. Uh, as will a lot of people in this state, because Ole Miss and Mississippi State is far more important to us, our business, our advertiser, everybody, uh, than Mississippi State and Georgia. And it's possible. In fact, it's really, really, really possible, and I almost expect it, um, that we'll get Mississippi State-Georgia and not get the Egg Bowl. Call me a pessimist. That might be what it is. I, I might just be taking a pessimistic approach. But the way things are going, the trajectory that we're on, uh, I would be shocked. Ah, eh, shock's probably strong. I would be a little surprised if the Egg Bowl gets played next weekend. The only thing that might make it happen is a league office, and more on that in a second. But there is zero wiggle room right now for Mississippi State. Uh, there are position groups like the offensive line that is incredibly thin. K.J. Costello, as far as, as we know, has yet to be cleared from concussion protocol. Maybe that helps the quarterback position, but last week they played with one scholarship quarterback uh, because they've ran a bunch of guys off in one way or another. And, and it's not all like that. So people think that Mike Leach is exclusively just chasing guys out of the program. Um, in some cases, yes. He has ran guys off. And others, like Marcus Murphy, for example, uh, regardless of who was the coach and how good the team was um, with his situation, you, you know, that has to be looked at differently uh, than that of some of the other guys that have opted out of this season and decided to transfer. Uh, that's a different situation. So it's not only them forcing guys out of the program. There's a little bit more to it than that. But there's zero wiggle room at all. Uh, they're getting another round of testing, uh, I guess, today, and we'll find out tomorrow. And if there's a single positive, if there's one positive, they're not going to Athens, and likely they're not playing in the Egg Bowl. I mean, that's where the wiggle room is on this. With Nathan Pickering's opt-out, one positive test for Mississippi State tomorrow ends the Egg Bowl. Because if one positive in contact tracing ended the A&M game, uh, with Mississippi State's numbers, one positive ends Georgia and ends the Egg Bowl. It, it, absolutely. I mean, that's something that 
you've got to be prepared for, that everybody's got to be prepared for here, that's their margin for error. It simply doesn't exist. And I do find it funny, by the way, Lane Kiffin said yesterday that they got a clean bill of COVID tests for the first time in a while. And Ole Miss is one of the small amount of programs in the SEC that have been fined for not following protocols, yet Ole Miss has been able to field a team every single week, and now they can field their entire team when everybody else is, you know, everything's falling apart. Ole Miss is at its healthiest, and yet they're the ones that have to pay a hundred grand to the SEC for not following protocols because their coach had his mask down calling plays on the sidelines. You know, what a joke that is. But anyway, the, the, ne- the next question that people are asking, and, and I've been asked, I've received a bunch of text messages over the last couple of days, people asking me if, I hope you can't hear that. I'm sorry if you can. There's not a whole lot I can do about that. Um, if Mississippi State is dodging Ole Miss, if they're dodging the Egg Bowl, if they're purposefully flubbing the numbers or whatever to avoid playing Ole Miss. And... I mean, that's an interesting question. I'm not ready to say that they're dodging. I, I don't. I just don't buy into it, specifically because of Mike Leach. I mean, you guys might feel differently. He doesn't strike me as the guy that's avoiding, that would avoid anybody. I mean, he doesn't give a damn about the Egg Bowl. It's just another game to people like him. He doesn't care. So he's not trying to avoid that specific game while taking his team to Athens this weekend. Yeah, that, to me, doesn't just quite add up yet from that perspective. Mike Leach has been angry um, that he didn't know for sure that they are going to Georgia this weekend. I mean, he wanted, he wants to play this game. Even though they're going to go to Athens and likely get absolutely smoked and run off the field, he's still mad because it was uncertain that his team could go play there. He just does not strike me as the kind of guy that would avoid a game. He doesn't strike me as that. I could be dead wrong and you could disagree. Um, And I'd love to hear from you if you do, by the way. But he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Um, I think he wants the reps. I think he wants the games. I think he's frustrated at the contact tracing. I think he's frustrated uh, for a lot of reasons. But... His press conferences this week did not come off as a guy that's trying to avoid playing games. In fact, I got the opposite vibe. It comes off as a guy that's frustrated that games are uncertain to be played. He thinks that they should play no matter what. That COVID shouldn't be something that they're concerned about. He's, he's, in my opinion, on the complete other side of things. But, so, so no, I don't think they're dodging Ole Miss, but this is their fault. The, the numbers issue is their fault. Because they have run over an entire side of the ball out of their program. And like I said, there's a couple of guys that have opted out at Mississippi State that have 150% valid reason that don't need to be questioned at all. Uh, Marcus Murphy being one of those people. Uh, His reasoning is one that, that should not be questioned. But there's a bunch of other guys in that program that they ran off uh, for one reason or another uh, that have up and left. Uh, and that's the thing here. And so Mississippi State fans, at least some, a lot of them know where I'm coming from and, and understand this position, but some just think this is being an old Miss guy, and it's so frustrating when they do that. But anyway, um, this isn't normal, what's happening there. And I would say the same thing about old Miss, because I did it for the last four years. This isn't normal, because you have three other New coaches in the SEC. 
You didn't have a mass exodus during the season at Missouri. You haven't had a mass exodus at Arkansas. In fact, those kids are playing above their heads. They have no business being competitive the way they are with their talent. But they have completely bought into their coach. They believe in his message. They believe in their program. They haven't had a mass exodus. Ole Miss, after they hired Lane Kiffin, has had more players pull their name out of the portal than put their names in the portal, and you haven't had any kind of mass exodus or anything like that during the season. It's only happening there. And the the narrative around here gets spun of, oh, that's just regular attrition, or Mike Leach is just a no-nonsense disciplinarian. And that's like implying that uh, Sam Pittman and Eli Drinkwitz and Lane Kiffin just aren't disciplined. I mean, that that's... That's a narrative that when you just unpack it for a second, doesn't make any sense. There's something wrong there right now. And there aren't many people willing to call it call it out for what it is. And I'm not one of those people that think that Mike Leach is going to fail there. In fact, I think he's got a track record that should, everybody there, every Mississippi State fan, should be patient with him as frustrating as the product is right now and it's very bad and it's very concerning and their situation right now is something that I'd be worried about but but he's a good enough football coach that you should be patient and give him time but something's wrong there right now and I mean there's not really anybody that's willing to call it out for what it is just to be honest something's wrong there and this situation with the Egg Bowl is their doing because it didn't happen in Arkansas. It didn't happen in Columbia, Missouri. It didn't happen in Oxford. It's happening right now in Columbia, South Carolina because they just fired their coach. But this isn't normal and this isn't okay. It's something that I would be really extremely worried about if I were a fan there. And the fact that it's possible that their situation gets so bad that the Egg Bowl can't be played. I mean, they've got nobody else but themselves to blame for it. And I do find it, for there are some fans um, that are, at least the ones that follow me on Twitter, that are having fun with the idea of not playing the Egg Bowl. They'd, uh, they'd prefer it, actually, because they kind of feel like they, they know what's coming. And uh, that's kind of cracked me up. People are like, oh, I'm okay with that. Like, wait, we can cancel it? Let's, let's do that, please. But um, it's, uh, it's something on the table. I don't think they're dodging, but I do think whatever the hell's going on there has, is to blame for this situation. Uh, because they're down to 64 scholarship players. And they're bringing 55 or 54 to Athens. In a normal year, they would just have to suck it up and play. I think I said this the other day to you, but it's absolutely true. In a normal year, they would just have to suck it up and play. I mean, Ole Miss played LSU, I think it was 2013, right? Where uh, Andrew Ritter hit that the uh, game-winning field goal. I think Ole Miss had like 56 scholarship players available that night. Something like that. Or 56 players in general available that night. Somewhere around that number. They were completely overmatched. John Youngblood started at defensive end. Uh, So in any other year, it would be suck it up and play. And this isn't a situation at Mississippi State where all these guys are gone because of COVID. All these guys are gone because they were ran off for one reason or another. Or um, there was an unfortunate situation 
that has led to an opt-out. That, I mean, if I were the league office, I, I would look into this more. Not because they're dodging, but I would possibly apply pressure or, or something. Because it's my opinion that the SEC really needs and wants this game to be played. I think right now, uh, they haven't done any announcement yet. I think they're still kind of working through uh, schedule adjustments. But they're going to have to move some games around after this week. They, I assume they want to see how this week goes. And then they'll make a determination on shuffling schedules after this week. But I think they're prepared to do it. I think they've been working on it behind the scenes. Um, they need this game to get played if they want all of that to work out. Because right now, and in case you missed it, I did it, the, I did it at the end of the podcast, so I'll do it again here. I kind of came up with a proposal, which hinges on every game getting played from here on out. But I came up with a proposal that keeps everything in place. In fact, uh, I thought that this is something that like the SEC office should actually use. Not to toot my own horn, but I, I think I've got it right now. Um, I think this works. And so once I can find the document, because I have since lost it. Um, I've lost it. I don't know where it is. So I'll, I'll try to remember it off the top of my head. Um, now, here we go. Sorry, this is bad podcast. Please forgive me. This is not good. All right. So what you would do is you would move Alabama-Arkansas to December 12th, Alabama-LSU to December 5th, Ole Miss-LSU to December 19th, Ole Miss-Texas A&M to December 12th, Texas A&M-Tennessee to December 19th. And here's why I say to do all those things. And Mississippi State-Auburn can be rescheduled for either the 12th or the 19th, as can Missouri and Georgia that was also not played. And here's why I say that. So Alabama and Florida cannot schedule a game on the 19th because they are the prohibitive favorites to play in the SEC championship on that day. I do not believe the SEC can ex can extend the SEC championship another week. LSU cannot schedule a new game on the 12th because Florida has to play their makeup game with LSU on the 12th. They have no other wiggle room for that. So you move Alabama-Arkansas back one week. Arkansas currently has that date open. And you put Alabama-LSU on the 5th. Texas A&M has to schedule a game on the 12th and the 19th. If Ole Miss and LSU is to be played, it has to be on the 19th with Florida already on their schedule for the 12th. And like I said, that game was unable to be moved. And Tennessee currently has the 12th open. So that's my rationale, and I think that makes a ton of sense, and I expect they're considering a model very similar to that, but if the Egg Bowl gets postponed or moved or whatever, it throws a wrench into everything. Every It, it blows up all of this, and games are going to have to be canceled, and I know right now the league does not want to do that because canceling games means revenue. They're already losing some. If they have to cancel game, losing some on the postponements, if they have to cancel games, they'll lose revenue. They don't want to do that in a year where everybody's already losing an insane amount of revenue. So the league needs this game to get played or else there's going to be outright cancellations. But the question is, what, what can they do about it? You know, what can the SEC do about the potential of Texas A&M 
um, being overly stringent on their ability to play because there was a particular quarterback that is rumored to have uh, been unavailable for the Ole Miss game. I mean, if that's a real thing, what can the league do about it, though? I mean, what can they do? The answer is really nothing. I mean, you know, call the game a forfeit, I suppose. But, I mean, what does that matter? Because it's all about revenue right now, not wins and losses. They need money. So they need these games to get played. This thing's a mess. And I suspect that the league office will do whatever they can to get Mississippi State to play. And... The problem is, if they dip below 53 available players, I mean, then what else can they do? I mean, they can't break their own protocols and rules, can they, for the sake of revenue? I don't know if they can do that. But I have a feeling that Greg Sankey and the league office will be paying very close attention to Mississippi State and their availability for the Egg Bowl next weekend. I have a feeling they are going to keep a very close eye on this. Because right now, they can play all the games. Right now, they have the space, they have the flexibility, they have the time to move all the games. You cancel the Egg Bowl and it gets all screwed up. Gets all screwed up. And you'll have to start canceling games. And they don't want to do that. So, we will will see. All right, on the basketball front, a couple of things. So, the draft was last night. Brian Tyree was not taken in the draft. And I have not seen yet, so as of 8.30 on this Thursday morning, uh, he has not been picked up by anybody. So forgive me if if it's old news, or he has by the time you listen to this. As of right now, nobody has picked him up. Although he didn't get drafted, and he wasn't really expected to. I didn't see uh, really any mock drafts that had him, even in the late second round. But I do think that he's good enough to sign some kind of a deal, be on a G League team or something like that. I don't think he'll have to go overseas. Uh, I think he will get an opportunity. I hope he gets an opportunity. I think he's good enough to do it. And so uh, I'll be on the lookout for that. And I hope you guys are as well uh, to see where he lands on either a two-way contract or or he he gets uh, signed into a G League deal and goes and plays in the summer league. Uh, Well, Shoot, I guess they won't have a summer league, will they? I just, that's really, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Yeah, they can't have a summer league because the draft happened in November. Um, so I guess maybe next summer league, if uh, if they're able to have that. I know we're getting some good vaccine news, so hopefully that calms everything down. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, didn't get drafted. Uh, that's okay. That was expected. Uh, just on the lookout for a landing spot for him. Uh, he'll hopefully, I think he will. I think he's good enough to be on a G League roster and uh, can climb his way into the NBA that way. He would not be the first to do it. I mean, a lot of guys have done it. Um, I mean, the Toronto Raptors basically won a championship off of G League guys and Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, even their coach was a G League guy. So, um, there's upward mobility there, and uh, hope uh, he can find a good landing spot. And then you have uh, Kermit Davis. Uh, Kermit Davis, uh, they confirmed his COVID positive, so he will not be able to coach in Ole Miss's first two games next week against Central Arkansas and Jackson State. They specifically said the first two games, so maybe he'll be available for next Friday against Arkansas State. I, I, I suppose, I mean, they were specific with those two games for a reason, 
and maybe he'll be back a week from uh, tomorrow for the 27th against Arkansas State. So you hope he does well and recovers well. They did say uh, that he was experiencing some symptoms. So, of course, you hope for a speedy recovery on Coach Davis. However, I do not think, uh, sorry for being callous, I just it seems like he's going to be fine and make a clear recovery. Aside from having to coach via Zoom, I, I would be shocked beyond measure if Ole Miss and that roster uh, has trouble with Central Arkansas and Jackson State w- without Kermit Davis. I mean, I'd be shocked by that. Um, Ole Miss didn't get a lot of love, though, in the uh, the preseason All-SEC rankings. Uh, they didn't get love there. Um, I think if it, they were ninth, I'll pull this up. I should have this up. It just kind of hit me. Um, but they did not get... Preseason SEC basketball. I'm not doing very well today. I'm sorry, guys. This is uh, this is rough having to listen to this. Um, all right, here we go. Sorry about that. That was uh, that was bad. So Ole Miss was picked to finish ninth uh, in the SEC behind South Carolina, Auburn, Arkansas at six, Alabama at five, which is interesting to me. Florida at four, LSU three. Before the NCAA comes crashing down. Kentucky at two, and Tennessee at one. I would bet my mortgage that Ole Miss has not finished ninth in the SEC, if they, uh, barring injury, of course. But if they remain healthy, I, I would bet my mortgage on them not finishing ninth in the SEC. This is the most talented roster and deep roster that Kermit Davis has ever had. Uh, it finally seems to fit his coaching style. I expect them to finish around fifth or sixth, um, but definitely not ninth or lower if they remain healthy. But that is next week. You did get a confirmed positive from from Kermit Davis. As long as he recovers fine, which of course you hope he does, I do not expect um, there to be um, any trouble uh, in your first two home games uh, next week. So, sounds like they're going to play, by the way. I have not seen or heard of anything indicating that the rest of the team, uh, the contact tracing, I guess they somehow avoided uh, the coach getting positive and having to cancel these games because... Well, I think we would know by now. I mean, call me crazy, but I think knowing that their coach is a confirmed positive and they're still planning on playing these games tells you that they, I guess, did the right thing somehow and found a way to conduct camp and, and practices the way they've done it without having their coach be in close contact uh, with his team. Don't know how they pulled it off, but sounds like the games are going to be on. Have not heard or seen of any player that has it. I could be, you know, I, I just could not be talking to the right people, but doesn't sound like that's something that they're worried about. So that's a that's obviously, you know, Captain Obvious here, a very, very good thing. And they did sell out the season tickets. They're available to sell for what that's worth. The pavilion's going to look different. They're actually going to have the benches on the right side of the arena this time. If only they could put the camera facing the student section instead of the club sections where nobody was. Um... I wish we could just call that what it was, too. It was a misstep. They screwed up. The pavilion's a beautiful facility, but they put the camera on the wrong side, facing the wrong direction. They screwed up there. It's okay. They screwed up. And they tried to say it was an SEC rule when Auburn's camera faces the student section and the team benches. But a- anyway, um, they're going to actually move back the student section because those are those extendable uh, bleachers. Those will be pushed all the way back, if I understand it correctly. And the teams will be on that side to give more space on the sidelines, uh, as I understand it. So it'll look a little different this year 
uh, watching Ole Miss games in the pavilion uh, just because of COVID and uh, all that stuff. But at least they're going to have some kind of fan attendance. I, I was I was glad to see that. I mean, like I've been telling you, you know, for months now, they just they need revenue wherever they can get it. And having no fans in the arena was going to be tough. So at least they're going to have some people in there, uh, even though it'll be I think twenty five percent and socially distanced and all that. There will still be people there, and so they can make a little bit of money. Um, and as you know, they need it bad. And we need to get out of this thing. I mean, I was had the news on earlier, and maybe we're getting some good news on the vaccine front, and we can get back to normal at some point soon. Uh, we can only hope, because this isn't sustainable for much longer. Um, it's just simply not sustainable. So that's it for me. Uh, shorter podcast today, that's all right. Uh, just that's the story right now, is the Egg Bowl is in doubt at the moment. Mississippi State's numbers are dire. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. And they're going on the road this weekend to play a game against a physical, tough football team in Georgia. Uh, They can't have a COVID positive because that'll derail the Egg Bowl. They can't have a couple of injuries because that'll probably end it as well. The reality is, game might not get played. So follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review to the podcast. I will talk to you again Uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, if not, I'll do something for you on Saturday. But for now, have a good day. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and being a part. Very thankful for all of you. And I'll talk to you again soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.